<clears throat> welcome everyone, Bruch Ma'abon. Thank you everyone for coming. We'd like to welcome all of our Torah Anytime viewers. Uh, this evening's share is being sponsored by a number of mishpachos. First, Mishpacha um, Shaulav, Rebrachamim, Shaulav and his wife, and also by um, their mother, Mrs. Shaulav, and also by the Fataka of Mishpacha, and also by Moshe and Arsen Zavlyanov, it's Le'ilo Nishmas, their mother and grandmother, Leah Liba Bas Bitya, her neshama should have an aliyah, and she should be a Melitza Yashar for the entire mishpacha, for all the various mishpachos, for Simchas and Nachas, Parnasa Berevach, Vimal Hashem Komashalos, Libehem, Lutaiva, and it should be Le'ilo Nishmasa, Beganeden Teim Nuchasa, Biasko El Sedek. Okay, we have a very interesting topic this evening. And uh, before we be, even begin to look at the parsha, we'll jump right in. We'll jump right into the discussion. Somebody comes to Rav Meir Arik. Rav Meir Arik was one of the G'dalei HaPoyskim in the mid-1800s. And he has the following question. He's uh, 30 years old. He's converting. And uh, unfortunately, he did not live in the Western world. So he was not circumcised as a child. And now this 30-year-old man is coming to have his bris milah, and he wants to know, can he use anesthesia? Well, not exactly. That's not exactly what they had then. They had something called a sam, some kind of cream. And the cream would numb that area. And the question is, is it permitted, was it permitted for him to use this anesthetic cream in order for him not to feel any pain during the process of the bris milah? In other words, does it have to hurt? Right? Is that an essential part of the brismila? Does it have to hurt? So, the Rav Meir Arik, in his classic volumes of Shal Sechuvah, the Imre Yosher, um, the, the Imre Yosher starts off in the following way. He wants to say, anesthesia? Who ever heard of using anesthesia for brismila? I mean, did anyone here ever go to the bris of any from person and they used anesthesia? And he says even furthermore, look throughout Shas. Did they, you ever find anywhere in the, in the Gemara and Shabbos, Rebbe Lezer de Mila, where you find the story that someone had a circumcision and the Amoram recommended, you know what, we recommend a certain kind of cream, you know, get Johnson's and Johnson's Mila cream, that really, you know, that will really help the situation. You ever find such a thing? Nah, nobody ever heard in the time, right, you don't find anywhere in the Gemara. So since we don't have a precedent for such a thing, what, we're going to invent a new way to do Mila? So Imre Yesha says, of course you're not going to find this in the Gemara. Because you think in the times of the Gemara they had anesthetic cream? Yeah, if they would have had anesthetic cream in the times of the Gemara, then they probably would have used it. But they didn't have it. Huh. Says Rav Meir Arik, it's not true. They did have anesthetic cream in the time of the Gemara. Not only did they have anesthetic cream, they had even better than anesthetic cream. How do we know? So Rav Meir Arik cites the Gemara Baba Kama that you have on your sheets. And the Gemara is talking about if, uh, let's say, somebody goes over to their friend and they cut off their arm, chas v'shalom, yeah, they cut off their arm. So now you've got to pay the guy back for his arm. You've got to pay him for his loss of an arm, and you've got to pay him for the pain that he suffered because he cut off his arm. So the Gemara is very troubled. How do you distinguish between paying the damage for the loss of the arm and paying the pain the person suffered? I mean, how do you determine how much pain is suffered when you chop off someone's arm? Says the Gemara, very simple. Tell the guy you have two choices. We're going to chop off your arm either way. Either we could use an old rusty saw, or we could use a sam. 
What's the psalm? Says Rashi, they had a certain kind of acid or dye or cream that froze off the limb and just sliced it without any pain. And that's, so if the guy would say, well, I would pay you $10,000 more to chop off my arm with this psalm rather than having it chopped off with a rusty saw, then we can evaluate that's a very accurate way of uh, determining how much money a person would pay to avoid that sar. So says Rameer Arik, what do we see from this Gemara? That it, in the times of the Amoraim, they had these type of uh, pharmaceutical products, yeah? I don't know if today, you know, in the various uh, pharmacies in the, in the Mishpacha, right, if they have these products, but... Uh, do they have, do they have, a, they had a psalm that could slice off a limb. So says Amir Arik, if they had a psalm that could slice off a limb without any pain, they certainly had a psalm that could numb a limb so that you could cut it off with a knife. And if that's the case, that they had this type of product, and yet we don't find anywhere in Shas that during a bris milah to avoid the baby screaming his head off, they said, you know what, just apply this psalm, it must be this was not done. You know what means? We never saw such a thing. And if we never saw such a thing, and we have no precedent for it, then in Judaism we don't like to change. Right? We're against change, unless we need to. So since we have no precedent for using this type of product, so therefore it must be, it must be, that they had something fundamentally against using this type of product. Right? They had it. They had anesthetic cream. So why didn't they use it? It must be, what do we see from here? Mila must hurt. Mila must hurt. And if it doesn't hurt, if there's no pain, there's no gain. Because they had the anesthesia. It's not like they didn't have it. They had it available. You could get it, right? In any, any of your better pharmacies, you could buy anesthetic Mila cream. So why didn't they use it? It must be, it needs to hurt. It must be, it needs to hurt. But says the Imre Yosher, I'll bring you an even better proof that Mila has to hurt. What's the proof? What's the proof? We have a Medrash. The Medrash is on this week's parsha. The Pasuk says that the Mila of Avram Avinu, it says, Be'etzem hayoyim hazeh, on this very day, Nimol Avraham. Avraham was circumcised. Says the Medrash, look at number four. Amar Rabbi Abba Bar Kahana, Hirgish binitztayar, he felt it. He was in pain. Why? So God should give him extra reward. So you hear? Right? What's the very first Mila in history? Avram Avinu. That's the paradigm of the way Mila is supposed to be. And yet, and the Medrash tells us, the Mila of Avraham, it hurt. Why? To be able to give Avraham more reward. Then the Medrash says, no, 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 that's not what it means. The word Nemo means that one day Avraham woke up in the morning and he checked, and he was already circumcised. He doesn't know how, he doesn't know when, he doesn't know where. That's what it means, Nimal. Says Rabbi Ava to Rabbi Levi, who said that Avram woke up in the morning, already circumcised, he says to him, you're a liar? That's a fabrication, that's not what happened. Why does it say Nimal? To teach you that Avraham felt it, and he was in pain. How do we know from the Pasuk that Abraham was in pain? Because it doesn't say, Nima, right? The Pasuk doesn't say, Nima Besar Abraham. It doesn't say his flesh was circumcised. It says Abraham was circumcised. What do you mean Abraham? That means his whole being, his whole body felt it. Why is that? Sometimes when a person, you know, you have a headache, 
feels like, you know, your whole body hurts. So the Pasuk is saying, Avraham was circumcised. His whole essence felt it. So says the Rameer Arik, if the Medrash is pointing out to us that the very first circumcision in history, it hurt, that is the model of how Mila should be. And if Mila doesn't hurt, that means it was not done properly. Okay, so we have two proofs that Mila has to hurt. Number one, the fact that we have never seen at any orthodox from bris, anyone of reputable standing using anesthesia. So you'll say, what kind of proof is that? Since when is Loira Inu Araya? Says Amer Arik, in this situation, if you go around to all the circumcisions in the Jewish world and you never saw such a thing, that's a proof it should not be done. And added to that is the fact that by the Mila of Avraham, the Medrash points out that it hurt him. And if it hurt Avraham, and that's the paradigm of the way Mila should be, then if it doesn't hurt, it's not a full-fledged Mila. Who says Avram was not mal? No, Nayak was not not mal because it says ish tamim. Avram it says vehayetam. You should become tamim. Okay, that's what the matter says. Comes along the Eretz Tzvi. Okay, who's the Eretz Tzvi? The Eretz Tzvi was Reb Tzvi Frumer. Who's Reb Tzvi Frumer? The Goin from Kajaglov. Say what, right? <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> the Eretz Tzvi was born in 1884. He was a student of the Avnei Nezer. And uh, in 1914, when the Avnei Nezer passed away, the Eretz Tzvi got a letter from the son of the Avnei Nezer, the Shem Mishmuel, because there was a large yeshiva in the city of Sachachav that did not have a Rosh Hashiva now. And the Shem Ishmuel invited the Eretz Tzvi to become the Rosh Hashiva in Sachachav in 1914. That, that's what happened when the Avni Nezer died. He led the Yeshiva in Sachachav until the Yeshiva burnt down in World War I. Okay. After Rav Meir Shapiro passed away, Rav Meir Shapiro's yard site was two days ago, the Eretz Tzvi was invited to be the last Rosh Hashiva of Yeshiva Chachmei Lublin. So the Eretz Tzvi says that none of these proofs that Rav Meir Arik brought have any substance. They're not proofs at all. What's the first proof? The first proof is because the Medrash says that the Mila of Abraham hurt. That's a proof. Why does the Medrash tell us it hurts? Says the Medrash. Hashem made it hurt to double the reward. In other words, the Medrash doesn't say it hurt in order for it to be a valid circumcision. The Medrash said it hurt to give more reward, which is a clear proof, just the opposite. Adarabba, right? Just the opposite. If anything, the Medrash proves that it doesn't have to hurt. Because the Medrash says it hurt Avraham to get more reward. Which implies if it would not have hurt, he would have still got the mitzvah. His reward would not have been as great. So if anything says the Eretz Tzvi, it's a clear proof Mila does not have to hurt. Ah, but what about the proof that the Imre Yosher brought that we never saw at a reputable bris of somebody of, who cares about the halacha, we never saw anybody use anesthesia? You know why? Because if you have a kid, this is his very first mitzvah that he's doing in his life. Don't you think we want to do it in the best possible way that he should reap the greatest amount of reward? And that is why at every reputable bris, we don't, do, we don't use anesthesia. We don't want to minimize the value of the reward of the mitzvah. 
So the fact that we've never seen such a thing is not a proof that you're not allowed to use it. All it shows is that if you use anesthesia, you're not fulfilling the mitzvah in the best possible way. You're min- yeah, he has a vismila. We'll see about that. You're, you're, we see from here that the only reason you don't see such a thing is because we don't want to do the mitzvah in a secondary type of way. But, like we find, like uh, the Ran says in the Sechta Rosh Hashanah, that the very first time Kali brought the Omer in the Midbar, we can't say it was brought B'Tumah. Why? B'Tumah is Hutcher B'Tzibor. It's permitted to ring of the Tumah. The first time you do a mitzvah, you can't cut any corners. Right? No pun intended. The first time you do a mitzvah, you got to do it right. But, if you have someone who's 30 years old, this ain't the first mitzvah he's doing. He's probably already answered Amen. He's answered Amen Yehishmei Rabbah. He's done other mitzvahs, so it's not his first mitzvah. So there's no problem whatsoever to allow this individual to use local anesthesia. Yeah. Two things. Number one, isn't some of the biblical figures mentioned that they were born circumcised? No, it doesn't mention about anyone in the entire Tanakh that they're born circumcised. Okay, and second, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Avram Avinu was circumcised on Yom Kippur. Correct. And normally you don't have a circumcision on Yom Kippur unless the baby is exactly eight days old. Correct. That's why it says, The matter says, God helped him out, so it was, so he's not chayef for that. Okay, but that's an interesting point. But it says the Eretz Tzvi, Yeah, well, Avram Avinu, we don't know that he had anesthesia. So, you know, he's at a... But the fact that the Medrash mentions that it hurts, the Eretz Tzvi says, that may, may, one may think that's a critical component of the Bismillah. So the Eretz Tzvi says, no. Avram Avinu, you don't see it's necessary. All you see is it magnifies the reward. And the fact that we never see such a thing, that's because when a kid is born and it's his first mitzvah, we do it right. But for someone who's much older, there's no halacha comparative to say you have to, it would be prohibited to use anesthesia. Now listen to this. Ready for this? A little lumbus. Says the Eretz Tzvi, I'm going to tell you a reason now why a reason why you never saw anesthesia used by the bris of a kid for halachic reasons why it would be halachically prohibited to use anesthesia on a kid and yet it would be permitted to use it on an adult and that's the following What's the, imagine you're sleeping at night right and it's Alois uh, HaShachar it's, now it's already Neitz HaChama and you know you're the kind of guy in your bed you toss and turn a lot yeah and you have your talus bag right next to your bed so while you're tossing and turning you know you zip open the talus bag. And with another turn, all of a sudden the talus bag is open. And another turn, all of a sudden it's on your arm. And you know, before you know it, you wake up, you're wearing the, tal- the tefillin. Get the mitzvah? No. no. What if, you know, in the middle of your sleep, uh, you know, you took the little, you know, you're sleeping there, you took the little of an esrig. You get the mitzvah? No. Why not? Involuntary. It's masasik. Masasik means you had no awareness you're doing the mitzvah. Yeah? So I have a question for you. How in the world are you able to circumcise a child? The child has absolutely no awareness that he's fulfilling a mitzvah. So isn't it masasik? It's like somebody who does a mitzvah in his sleep. How could you perform circumcision on a baby? The baby's masasik. The baby has no awareness the mitzvah is being done. Says the Eretz Tzvi, listen to this. What if somebody takes your hand, 
puts a lulav and esrig in, you know, the, the lulav in the right hand, the esrig in the left hand, he shakes your hand and put it down, and you don't even know what happened to you. You get a mitzvah? No. No mitzvah, you didn't do anything. It's also masasik. What if someone takes matzah, he pries open your mouth, you're tied up, he stuffs matzah down the funnel, and you swallow it. Do you get the mitzvah? Yeah. You know why? Because your body had hana from the mitzvah. Shekein nene. The Gemara says, if you get hana from a mitzvah, even though you had no awareness that it was happening, it's not misasik. That is tantamount to kavana. If you're nene, if you have hana from a mitzvah, that's considered awareness. Says the Chsam Seifer, one of the most incredible chedushim you'll ever hear. Here, here's a guy. He takes an oath. He takes a shvua that he's going to drink water every single day. And the first day passes, he doesn't drink water. The second day passes, he doesn't drink water. The third day passes, he doesn't drink water. So he violated his shvua. Did he violate it actively or passively? Right? He sat back, he didn't drink water. Is that a lav sheyesh by masa? Did he actively violate the shua? Or is it a lav she'ein by masa? Or did he passively violate the shua? We would say ein by masa. Says Sam Soifer, no. You know, why? Because he had sar from not drinking it. And the same way if you have hana, pleasure from something, it's considered an act. If you have sar from not doing something, even though you have not acted at all, it's completely passive, that is also an act. Because says Echarhu, two opposites are really one. If hana, if pleasure is tantamount to an act, then sar, pain, is also like an act. So if somebody says, I swear I'm going to eat today, and they don't eat, they get malchus. Why? Because they actively violated the Torah. Because since they had pain, that's considered actively violating the Torah. Says the Eretz Tzvi, listen to this. You know how you could do Mila on a child, even though he's completely unaware that it's happening? But it's Misasik, he has no awareness. You know what the answer is? Because it hurts. And when you have Tsar, Tsar is tantamount to awareness, according to the Chsam Soifer. The reason how you could circumcise a baby, even though he has no awareness, is because of the principle of the Chsam Soifer, that when it hurts, you don't have to be aware. Your organism senses it more than that. That's the great Ein Lecha awareness, If your body is having a sensation, whether it's positive or whether it's negative, that physical sensation is tantamount to awareness in Halacha. And since it hurts the baby, it's not misasik. That's considered awareness. Says the Eretz Tzvi, if you're going to anesthetize the child and he's not going to feel it, he never had a mila. He never had a mila. Because he didn't feel it. And he has no awareness. But an adult, why would an adult have to feel it? He has real awareness. He's aware that it's happening to him. So even if he doesn't feel it, even though it doesn't hurt, but if you locally anesthetize the child, says the Eretz Tzvi, the fact that he knows it's happening to him, that's not a masasik. He has real awareness. But for a child, halachically, you should not be able to anesthetize the child. That's a big chiddush of the Eretz Tzvi. Okay, that's an... Awesome finish. In the end result, says the Eretz Tzvi, I agree to the Imre Yosher that if a kid comes on his eighth day, do not don't use anesthesia. If a guy comes, he's 30 years old, still don't use even local anesthesia. You know when you could use it? 
you have someone, if the first two kids died because of circumcision, and you're not really sure whether to do Mila on the third, and you suspect the reason why the first two kids died is because it really hurt, that in that limited circumstance, you're allowed to anesthetize the child. But again, the Earth's feet says we should uphold the Chumrah of what he calls the Rav Miterna. That's the Imre Yosha. What? Ah, not only that, the Allah says you're not allowed to do Brismila, but he's talking about where there are other factors in play, why perhaps the child is healthier, and he has other factors, why besides using the anesthesia, it would be permitted. Okay, that's a good point. Okay, let's see further. Okay, today we're, we're going to look at svarim that are tongue twisters. Okay, we had already the kaja glover, right? Now we have the sefer called Aparkasasa de Ania. Okay? Say that ten times, right? Fast. So, says the Aparkasasa de Ania, I'm going to bring a proof. You're allowed to use anesthesia. What's the proof? Here you have a guy, he desecrated Shabbos, right? He said, uh, they warned him, don't turn on the light. He turns on the light. So what do we do to him? We take him to a building, and we throw him off the building, and then we stone him. Right? That's what we do. That's it. After, after that, he's okay. Yeah? <laughs> that's, uh, we don't do that anymore. But that's in the times of the Gemara, that's what they did. Says the Gemara, if you have a guy you're about to give capital punishment to, you know what you should do? Look at number seven. The Gemara in Sanhedrin Mem Gimel says, give him a cup of wine with a little crumb of levina, frankincense. Right? That alone, just to say that word will scare the guy, right? You give him a cup of wine. Why? That'll, it will dull his senses, so when you kill him, he won't really feel it. So says the Afar Kasasa, the Aniyah, well, wait a second, here you have a guy, you're trying to punish him. You're trying to give him kapara, atonement. And yet the Gemara says, give him, give him some kind of concoction to make him not feel the pain. What do you not feel the pain? We want him to feel the pain. We want him to get atonement. So what do we see from here? That even where the Torah says you got to do something, do it! But you don't have to make somebody suffer. As much as you can minimize the suffering of a Jew, you should do so. So to by Brismila, you're right, the Torah says you got to circumcise. But if we can minimize the pain of the child, maybe we should do so. So he then says, no, it's not a proof. It's not a proof. You know why? Because when you give capital punishment to someone, what gives the person kapara, atonement. It's not the pain, it's the misa, it's the death. The pain is just the way he gets there. But if you could get to that result of misa, of death, without him feeling pain, what do you have to make the guy suffer for? He's going to die anyway. But by brismila, says Afrakasasadaniya, the way brismila is done traditionally is, it hurts. That's the traditional way the, the mila is done. How do we know that? So he quotes the Gemara, and this Gemara is also brought as a proof from the Shevet Halevi, the Shmuel Vazner and Bnei Brak. He says the proof is there's a pasuk that says in Tehillim, "Ki Alecha Hayragnu Kalayim." God, we give our life for you every day. What's that talking about? Says the Gemara, Brismila. So says the Shevet Halevi. Don't you see from this Gemara that Brismila is completely connected to danger and pain and suffering. I mean, that's what the Gemara says. When we tell God, God, we sacrifice our life to you every day, that's talking about brismila. So apparently part of the surah of brismila is, it's not pleasant. What's every day? Every day there's a kid, right, getting uh, circumcised. Right? Yeah. 
We sacrifice our life to every yeah. day. Yeah, go to Williamsburg, go to Bar Park. Every day you'll find the Mila, right? Each individual every day. It means collectively, collectively. The Jewish people, God, the Jewish people every day. So we, what do we see from here? That brismila is intertwined with pain. So says the Shevet HaLevi, don't use local anesthesia. Because that's not the way Mila is done. So, so says the Shevet HaLevi, where does it come from that Mila has to hurt? So he says, it must be, if you take a look at number 10, the end of the first paragraph, Upshita! It's obvious. It must be, this is the form of the mitzvah that God gave Moshe Ben on our Sinai. We have to say that if the Gemara tells us Mila is something that we risk our life for every day, that must mean when God gave the Torah to the Jewish people, He said, this is the way Mila should look. It should hurt. That's, that, that's what you have to conclude, says the Shevet Alevi. So the Shevet Alevi says, I'm not saying. If you have a guy, he gives a few examples, a guy who comes to convert, he's 60 years old. You know? So have Rachmanis on the guy. We'll let him use the, you know, the Mila cream. Or you have someone, he's fat. And the Mayo says, this will take me 17 minutes. <laughs> yeah? So, you know, that guy, we'll let him use the, the anesthesia. Or... Let's say the Mile says, you know, this is a big job. Okay. In all extenuating circumstances, you could use the anesthetic. But in a normal, regular case, don't use even local anesthesia. So, so far we have the opinion of Rav Meir Arek. At the Mayash, we have the opinion of the Aretz Tzvi. We have the opinion of the Shevan Alevi. And now we come to an interesting sefer. The Shas is just Mar Chelev. Mar Chelev says, I'll bring you another proof Mila has to hurt. What's the halacha? If you have someone who's coming to convert and he was born already circumcised. There's such a phenomenon. Someone who's Nolad Moho, right? Like you said, uh, there, there are people in Tanakh that may have been Nolad Moho. According to the Medrash, they may have been Nolad Moho. Let's say you have a guy, he's born circumcised. Now he wants to come to convert. How do we convert him? Do we say, oh, you already did that part, all you have to do is dunk in the mikvah? No. He has to do hatafas dam bris. What do we have to do? We have to draw a little bit of blood. We don't have to actually cut anything. We just draw a little bit of blood. Says the Ramban, what do we need to draw blood for? Says the Ramban, you know why you have to draw blood? Because even though he's already circumcised, but we need to make him enter the covenant of Avraham Avinu, of the Jewish people. So by drawing a little blood, that will... Allow him to enter into the covenant of the Jewish people. Says the Machilev, uh, excuse me, Ramban, I have a better reason why you need to draw the blood. Because Mila has to hurt. And this guy, he was born circumcised, he was born already Gamalat, but he didn't suffer pain. And if suffering pain is an essential part of the Mila, so why didn't Ramban say that someone who's already born circumcised, you know why you got to draw some blood? Because there's one thing you're missing, and that's the pain. It must be pain is not necessary. However, halacha lamaisa, says the Machilev, in Judaism we don't do things differently. If we never used it, we will continue not to use it. Unless you have extenuating circumstances. <coughs> the Sri Deyesh, remember last week we quoted from the Sri Deyesh, Rabbi Yaakov Yechiel Weinberg. Rabbi Yaakov Yechiel Weinberg also says that he's... On the one hand, 
the Marche Leib seems to say, Meikar Hadin, according to letter of law, doesn't have to hurt. On the other hand, Rameir Arik says it has to hurt. He said, if it were up to me, if I would weigh out, what do I value more? The Chumrah of Rameir Arik, that it has to hurt, or the Kula of the Marche Leib, it doesn't have to hurt. In his book, the Chumrah of the Imre Yosha of the Rameir Arik weighs a lot more. And therefore he says, don't use it. Better not to use it. Okay, so so far we have a lot of Achroinim. Rav Meir Arik, the Shevet HaLevi, the Marchelev, the Sridesh, they all say, don't use local anesthesia. It should hurt. At least in the ideal Mila, it should hurt. And that is the conclusion of the Tzitz Eliezer. Let's see, you have any issues? Number 13. Tzitz Eliezer said, somebody asked him, does Mila have to hurt? Are you allowed to use anesthesia? He said, what do you want from my life? Rameir Arik already said it has to hurt. And the Eretz said it should hurt. And the Marchilev said it should hurt. And the Sri Deyesh said it should hurt. So then, you know, who am I to uh, go against them? Yeah. There are two components here. It hurts while it's happening, and it also hurts after. Right, now, we're, now we're talking about while it's happening. While it's happening. Again, the Eretz said it has to hurt while it's happening, because since the baby's not aware, you need pain to create the awareness. Okay. We're going to put this issue aside for a few moments, the issue of, of um, local anesthesia. Now let's talk about general anesthesia. Okay? Local anesthesia, we have not really found really a fundamental reason why you can't use it. We just said, you know, that's not the way it's done. What about general anesthesia? You have somebody, they're, uh, you know, you have a kid. Kid's already five years old. The mother says, look, I don't want my kid to have a circumcision. But you know, you rabbis, you're pressuring me, fine. But I'll only allow it if you give my kid general anesthesia. That's the only way I'll allow it. So now we have a choice. Either let the kid be an RL for the rest of his life, he's going to be completely uncircumcised for the rest of his life, or, you know, we give in a little bit. We allow anesthesia. Or let's say you have a guy, he's 60 years old. There's no way he's going to survive a regular Mila. He needs general anesthesia. Is there any halachic problem with giving general anesthesia? So listen to this. This is amazing. Okay, you ready? Yeah, you sure? General anesthesia. Says the Sefer Kairis Habris. Now, if you do a mila when someone is under the influence of general anesthesia, it's nothing. It's not a mila. What about the pain afterward? Second? Pain? No. No? No. Well, regarding the first issue? Healing is painful. Yeah, healing is uh, But regarding the first issue, they say you need, you need to feel it, Bishas Maisa. Regarding general anesthesia, says the Karis Habris, if you put someone under the influence of general anesthesia and you do the Mila, it's nothing. You know why? Because we paskin mitzvos, tzrichos, kavana. Someone comes to Shul on Rosh Hashanah and they hear the sound of the shofar and their kavana is, you know what? This sounds like, you know, Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. I love it. I love it. Are they Yotzi the Mitzvah? No. Why? Because it's not enough to do the Mitzvah. You have to have in mind that you're doing the Mitzvah. So you tell me, somebody who's under general anesthesia, does he have any awareness or knowledge at all at the time of the Mitzvah that he's doing a Mitzvah? None whatsoever. So says the Karis Habris, if you're under the influence of general anesthesia and the Bris is done, take two. Got to do it again. Right? Or, you know, you'll have to have a Hatafastan bris. Okay. Says Rabbi Vadi Yosef in the Sefer Yabi Omer. This is very logical. Because here, 
Uh, he brings a proof. Let's say you have a guy. We know there's a mitzvah of Yibam. What's Yibam? You have a brother. He dies without children. So what happens to the wife? His brother is required to marry the wife of the deceased. Right? The mitzvah of Yibam. Now for Yibam, you can't do, sh- you can't do shtar. You can't, right? You can't do kasef. What do you have to do? Bia. Relations. That's the only way to acquire a Yivama. The only way to do the mitzvah of Yibam, nowadays when we get married, we don't marry with Bia. We get married with Kesef. You give a ring. But Yibam, the mitzvah of Yibam, you only have the option of Bia. What happens if a person did Bia to the Yivama when they were sleeping? The person was sleeping. He was out cold. Is that a valid mitzvah? It's not a mitzvah at all. He's not Kona. It's not effective. You know why? Says the Gemara, because when you're sleeping, you can't have Kavana. So says Ravadi uh, um, Yosef, you see from this Gemara that when a person is asleep, it is not possible to have Kavana. It's not possible to have any thought to do a mitzvah. So too, he says, if someone is under the influence of anesthesia, right, they're definitely out cold, they're sleeping, they can't do the mitzvah of Mila. So here you have a guy, he's 50 years old, he's under anesthesia, the Mayo comes in, he does the Mila, the guy doesn't get a mitzvah because he had no knowledge and awareness. Why do you say the Shem Yichar? The Nagy Behuda says you know how to say the Shem Yichar. What? And then he did the anesthesia? Where in the next second? Oh, oh okay, so very good. So then Ravad Yosef says, no, no, this is not a good analogy. The fact that you can't do the mitzvah of Yibam while you're asleep should not in any way indicate you can't do the mitzvah of Mila when you're sleeping. You know why? Because here the Mayal is acting as your agent. What's the halacha? You go over to someone and you say, I want you to be my shliach to give a get, to give a document of divorce to my wife. And you send him off. And meanwhile, at the time he gives the get, the person is sleeping. The person is sleeping. Is that an effective uh, get? Is yes. that an effective? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why? But he's acting on behalf of someone who's asleep. But when the, the answer is when he was awake. <laughs> because a person who's sleeping, the person who's acting on his behalf has kavana for him. The person who's doing the maisa, the person who's giving the get, has kavana for the person who's sleeping. But, what's the halacha if somebody says to a shliach, give a get to my wife, and in the interim, the person becomes a mashagana, he becomes a shaita, he becomes insane, could the shliach act on his behalf? No. But could he be act, act on the behalf of someone who's sleeping? Yes. What's the difference? Because <coughs> when you're sleeping, you wake up on your own, the Gemara says. Ein, ein you don't need an act to wake you up. You wake up on your own. And therefore, the fact that the shlech is acting on your behalf, he is able to supply the das for you, so that since anyway, you're not completely out of it, you're just sleeping. You'll wake up on your own. Therefore, his das could help for you. Says Rebbe Vadi Yosef, the same thing by Mila. Someone who's under the influence of anesthesia, to wake him up, what do you have to do? You have to, you know, take a bat and clobber him over the head? No! In an hour or so, he'll wear off, he'll wake up on his own. So the moel, who has kavana, is able to supply kavana for the person who's having the mila. And therefore, just because you can't do the mitzvah of yibam while you're asleep, that's because you yourself have to do the bia. You can't tell a shleach, you know what? 
do it for me? Of course that doesn't work. But when it comes to Mila, where you could tell a Mila, you could appoint a Mila, Mila, dear Mila, you're my shliach to circumcise me. So even though you're asleep, you wake up on your own. It's effective, says Rabbi Vadi Yosef. However, Rabbi Vadia takes it further. <coughs> and he says like this. This is very interesting. What does a Mila do? What's his job? Is a Mila your shliach? So, the Shach in Yerodea says, a Mayal is acting as your Shliach. <coughs> but the Ktsais HaChoshen... Because you're not allowed to hurt yourself. No, but for if this you, you can. You are you're really Shliach. You're c- correct. Means. You can't hurt yourself, but for, and that's some of the first that's why Avram Avinu didn't do Mila until God commanded him explicitly. But for Mila, you're allowed to. You're allowed to, you're allowed to be your own Mayal. The Shach says the, the Mayal is your Shliach, and in that case, he supplies the Das, the Kavana, the intent for you. The Ketsois HaChoshen. You ever hear the Ketsois HaChoshen? So it's one of the greatest Svarim of Lamdos. Okay? One of the greatest Svarim of complicated halachic discussion. Listen to what he says. He says, no. A moil is not your shliach. Could you make a shliach to shake a lul of an esrik for you? Let's say you say to your friend, you know what? I'm not in the mood of getting up today. So you know what? First put on tefillin for yourself and then have me in mind. Sounds good, right? You'll be able to sleep for two weeks straight. And the other guy, you'll pay him. He'll put on tefillin for you. He'll sit in the sukkah for you. I don't want to keep Shabbos this week. Well, could you do it for me? Could you appoint a shrek to do these kind of mitzvahs for you? No, because it's what's called mitzvah shabagufa. Your body has to do it. You can't appoint a shrek. Says the Ketzai Sachoshen, you can't have a guy do mila for you. The moil is not your shrek. Your moil is just your tool. So if the moil is just your tool, so if you're under anesthesia... And the moil is not your shliach. Where is the kavana coming from? Listen to this. Says Rabbi Yosef, you don't need any kavana for mila. You don't have to think anything. You don't have to be aware. You don't need anything. Why? Okay, this is a, a very amazing Gemara. The Gemara says, David HaMelech, one day, he woke up in the morning. He was very happy with himself. Why? He was wearing his talus. He was wearing his tefillin. He sees a mezuzah on the door. He felt very spiritual, very holy. Then he goes, he went to take a shower into the bathhouse. Oh, no talus, no tefillin, no mezuzah. Oy, I'm empty and bare of mitzvahs. And then he realized he has a mila, thank God. And he was happy again. That's what the Gemara Menachas tells us. So asks the Rach Arzarua. He said, wait, wait a second. Why was David Amelech happy? This is a quote in number 18. Why was David Amalek happy? Because he had a brismila? The Mayal did the brismila on him 70 years ago. That's what he was happy about, that he had a mila? That happened 70 years ago. Why wasn't he happy? He put on tefillin that morning. He put on talis that morning when he walked out of the door. 10 minutes ago, he had mezuzah. So what does David Amalek think? Oh, he has a mila. That was done 70 years ago. What do you see from here? It says Arachar Zarua. The mitzvah of Mila is not the act of circumcision. The mitzvah of Mila is to be circumcised. To have a circumcision. The mitzvah of Mila is not the act, it's to have the result. You get a circumcision every day? <coughs> according to that, so according to that, every day you have the Mila, you get a mitzvah. So says Ravadi Yosef, if the mitzvah of Mila is not the act, if the mitzvah was the act, so you need to have kavana at that time. But if the mitzvah is not that, if the mitzvah is to be circumcised, so as soon as you wake up from the anesthesia and you are circumcised, 
you're good to go. You don't have to have any kavana. You don't have to have any awareness. If the mitzvah is the action itself, so you have to have awareness at the time of the action. You have to know it's being done. But if the mitzvah is not the act, the mitzvah is the result of the act, you don't have to have any kavana. And the Masham says the same thing. And therefore, Avadi Yosef Paskins, Halacha no knowledge is necessary, no awareness is necessary, no pain is necessary. And therefore, Halacha Lamaisa, Avadi Yosef says, you could use general anesthesia, you could use local anesthesia. Mila doesn't have to hurt. Only for the oldest or for the, for the young as well? So, I don't know. Ashkenazim <laughs> like pain, right? <laughs> but Zerevadi Yosef says, Mila does not have to hurt. So the person could be drunk also? Dr- yeah, you could be drunk, anesthesia, all the above. A shaita, a mashogina, all that. A kordaikis, everything. You don't have to have any... You could drink the wine with the frankincense. You could add... By the way, it's very interesting. If you look about... Um, if you want... If you look in the Marchelev, the Marchelev's version of anesthesia, look at number 11. See on the fourth line? He says, Do you want, he wants to know, could you drink a psalm? Kamoi, kuf ayin kuf aleph aleph yud nun. Yeah, what's that? Cocaine. Cocaine. You see that? Uh, That's what he says. Right? That, now we're talking, right? That, that should now do the job. <laughs> so that's what the... According to Rabbi Vadi Yosef... Milo doesn't have... Now listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. But comes at Tzitz Eliezer. Tzitz Eliezer says, I will bring you a proof that Mila has to hurt. What's the proof? Listen to this. Look at Masech the Shabbos, Tafkuf Lamed. In the back of Masech the Shabbos, you have Hagois from Eliyahu Gutmacher. And on Tafkuf Lamed... Rabbi Yahu Gutmacher makes the following comment. He says that at the time that the baby cries by the Mila, so think about that cry. Here's the cry of a baby. He has no Averos, no Klipos, as he says. It's a pure cry. What should a Jew do when he hears the baby cry? He should pray to God for his own needs, whatever he needs, so that his cry and the cry of the baby should join up together and go straight up to Shemayim. And this he quotes in the name of the Eilalei Safraim. The Safraim was a Kliyakar. So says the Tzitzelah, what do we see from here? We see from here that the Tzura of Mila is, it hurts. Because if it didn't hurt, the baby wouldn't be crying. Right? The baby is screaming his head off because it hurts. So we see from here the traditional way that Mila is done is, it hurts. And that's the conclusion of Tzitzelah. Rabbi Vadi Yosef says, no, there's no basis that Mila has to hurt. Rabbi Vadi Yosef says, look, we have no documented evidence in the Gemara that Mila has to hurt. So you want to you come along and say, well, isn't that the way it was always done? So Ravadji says, who is the burden of proof on? The one who wants to prove it should hurt or the one who wants to say it doesn't have to hurt? If you want to say it has to hurt, the burden of proof is on you. Right? Yeah. If you're, some, some place can say it should hurt. Some place can say it doesn't have to hurt. If you want to say Mila has to hurt, the onus is on you to prove conclusively that there's a source Mila has to hurt. You can't just base it on, you know, on Kabbalistic reasons or on um, traditional reasons. That's not enough of a basis to inflict pain on someone. Yeah, if you want to say, you know, should we continue the minog or not? So we'll continue to do it, even though we don't have a basis. But 
just to continue a minog of pain without conclusive evidence, that's not enough of a proof. But the, the mitzvah is not if it's mitzvah or not. It's to do the... the, the, the so, this is the mitzvah. Okay, yeah, but the question is, is pain a essential ing added ingredient? I don't agree, but it's not a mitzvah. No, no, but, but the question is, the other person, I'm not going to say it's a mitzvah, but they would say the mila is missing something. Okay. It's brought down that Rebel Yashiv also was not for local anesthesia, and Rav Shomazalman was not for local anesthesia. However, that may not be the case. In the Nishma Savram, you have here an English translation that uh, Dr. Abraham, S. Abraham, spoke to Rav Shomazalman Orbach, and Rav Shomazalman said, no reason not to use anesthesia. But Rav Shomazam said, look, I'm a Paisek, I'm not a Makobo. You need to find out, are there any Kabbalistic reasons why Mila has to hurt? So he sent them, he said, go find out from the Makobalim. Who'd they go to? Rav Yaakov Hillel. Listen to this. And they said, Rav Yaakov Hillel, based on your knowledge of Zohar, Tikkunei Zohar, right, the Yidra, is there any basis that Mila has to hurt? He says, no. It doesn't say anywhere Mila has to hurt. In fact, I'll prove to you from Kabbalah, it doesn't have to hurt. What's the proof? Because we know, why does childbirth hurt? Right? woman has a child. The, the, right? the Torah says it, it hurts. It didn't always hurt. Why does it hurt? It's a punishment. What is it a punishment for? The, the, right? the original sin. The Eitz Hadas. Says Rabbi Yaakov Hila. So here the Torah is saying that childbirth is supposed to hurt. Why? It's a takana for the Eitz Hadas. Did anyone ever hear any Pisic or Mekobo tell any woman, you know, don't use the epidural, don't use any pain medication when you have a child, because you need to rectify the sin of Chava. <laughs> you, ever heard anybody, uh, you ever heard anybody say that? No. Says of Yaakov Hillel, despite the fact that the pain of the woman in childbirth is a rectification for Chava, we say leave the poor lady alone. If she's trying to get some, you know, uh, to relieve herself, get, to, to alleviate her pain, you got to do what you got to do. So he says, if we're the Torah itself says it's supposed to hurt, we have no problem alleviating the pain, then for something that we have no basis for, then certainly you're allowed to use that um, anesthesia. Where, where does he get the relationship of Orbach if he said that they, that they don't do it? I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's what they told him. So Rabbi Sai, listen to this. Comes of Moshe Feinstein, Zechotzak Levracha. Listen to this twist. Okay, the last twist. Says of Moshe Feinstein, I heard that Rav Shlomo Orbach said that the reason why we don't use anesthesia by a bris is because since 2,000 years ago they didn't use it. So we like things to remain the same. Just like this man has said, we may have better ways to do mitzitzah than bepeh. We may have a sponge that may work better, but that's not how they did it, so we continue to do it this way. Says Rav Moshe, no, he's making a mistake. That's not why we use anesthesia. You know why we don't use anesthesia? Because it's dangerous. Because it could kill you. General anesthesia, what does the doctor make you do? Sign your life away. Right, right before the season. Well, wait a second. Before you take that, just write down that you don't mind if you actually don't wake up. Right? That's what they tell you to do. And not only general anesthesia, even when you take sleeping gas, you got to sign away your life. And even when you take local anesthesia, you got to sign the papers. So Zemeshah, why? What are they worried about? Zemeshah, they're worried that you're going to drop dead from the anesthesia. Oh, they're worried about that? That's why you're not allowed to do it on the child. Because you're not allowed to inflict, you're not allowed to put the child in danger. So why do adults do it? 
That's their decision to make that it's worthwhile for them not to be in pain and to put their life on the line. But for a child, you have to do what's in the best interest of the health of the child. So the reason we don't use anesthesia, says Ramosha, is not for halachic reasons, it's not for Kabbalistic reasons, it's for health reasons. So at the end of the day, most Paiskim are not in favor of using even local anesthesia. And even Rav Moshe doesn't have a problem with it. He says it's not a good idea for health reasons. So traditionally, at a traditional brismila, like the Eretz Tzvi says, we do it we do it in the best possible way. But in extenuating circumstances, there is halachic basis to be able to use ways and means to minimize the pain. Have a wonderful evening. Is this a